My name is Chris Spaggs, and I'm on a quest to stack up every NFL team in Underdog Fantasy's Best Ball Mania for $3 million to first place. You guys know the drill by now. I am going to spin this wheel, and it's going to tell me who I have to draft today in our first draft in Best Ball Mania 4. 14 teams remaining here. An exciting announcement coming up. Lots to do on the stream, so let's spin this wheel. Will it be somebody good? Will it be somebody I hate? Oh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith and the Seahawks, come on down. You are going to be our spag stack for this first draft here. I am already in a draft room. It filled as we were waiting, so I'm going to be in the two-hole here, the very influential two-hole. Let me get the banner going. Spags, stacks. Seahawks. Last week, we had our first snipe ever uh, really on one of these streams. I guess we had an issue with the Cardinals where I didn't get Kyler Murray because I didn't want to reach for him. Somebody took him a little bit ahead of ADP in that draft. I ended up taking Clayton Toon, so still got a QB for the Cardinals. Last week, I did not get a QB for the Jets because uh, there was a wild man in the draft who tilted the hell out of me as I was trying to get Aaron Rodgers at a normal ADP. He instead reached for this guy with no correlation on the Jets, so did not complete the Rodgers stack, but still Still got enough Jets, so we can say we got a jet stack last week. This week, though, hopefully we will safely get ourselves some Seahawks. Um, feels like I should be able to get DK Metcalf on the way back, one of my uh, most exposed players of the year, so that'll be a good one. Uh, Jamar chased the two-hole. Guys, you think Joe Burrow's going to heal? That's a question I have to ask myself now. Um, any reason if I'm stacking Seattle why I wouldn't go Jamar Chase? There's no correlation here for Seattle. Um, all right, so let's just, we'll take Jamar Chase here. We'll figure that out. And good news too, I could hopefully get some Pittsburgh guys. Of course, Pittsburgh, another stack I like, so it should be a lot of good things to get going for this team here. Drew Locke share, no rod. I will not be getting Drew Locke. That's so yesterday, though ironically, I do feel like with how good Gino was last year and good in a way that I think will be very hard for him to replicate this year. He really succeeded in a lot of throws that I think were tight window throws. Um, some of the data backs that out too, like his completion uh, percentage plus EPA numbers, really high for a guy who kind of had the throw trajectory he did. And you can watch the game tape again. I'm not always going to say watch the film. That's not my thing. I do like to look at the numbers more than the film. That said, you can watch some of those throws that he made last year. And I do think some of those didn't offer a lot of room uh, where if he misses by an inch to the side, that could be a pick. If he misses it by an inch to the other side, it could be a, an incompletion. And I think that's the kind of thing for Gino that could maybe open the door for Drew Locke this year. But um, but no, I do not have much faith in Drew Locke actually getting reps. Gino with that contract uh, team, really building the marketing around him and all of that. And clearly also, I think building the play style around him and their comfort in him in that offense. I think Drew Locke, you know, he's going to earn more trust another year in the system, but uh, probably not a player that I think will be heavily involved. CMC plays Seattle twice. Come on. Well, obviously they play them over the course of the year. Yeah, but that doesn't matter that much. I thought a reason for me to take Christian McCaffrey as somebody that's not going to take a lot of first round running backs, though. I am starting to get a little bit closer to where I want to be with the running backs. I still think overall your best build is going to be going to zero RB one. I know that's going to be an anathema for people to hear both in previous years, as well as uh, in 2023, where the ADPs have started to level out a little bit with the running backs. But you see here, Saquon going in the 10 hole. So much comfort with running backs to me makes this more of an intriguing zero RB year, even if the ADPs have re responded and reacted. And I've talked a lot about Sam Sherman over at the ADP chasing show. I think there's a great job advocating for why you do uh, maybe eschew the zero RB bills and do try to build a little bit more amount around running backs. 
I still think that there are a lot of things that look at that longitudinal data and just don't account for the fact that running backs are both being devalued contractually. Also, I think running backs too would be incentivized to maybe get less touches for themselves um, because that's part of the issue. Part of the ding on them is that they get older. They have too many miles in their body. What if running backs start to say, hey, I don't want more than 20 touches. I don't know that they're actually going to do that, but the trends have come down enough where nobody got more than 24 intended touches last year at running back. What if nobody gets above 20? Like, I think that's certainly a possibility. So that's why I still prefer taking uh, the receivers early, but obviously I know we're going to get more casual drafters in here and they love running backs and uh, we'll see. We'll see. Normies really love running backs. Great for advancement rate for zero RB. Yep, I, I would agree. I think it's just also putting yourself on a unique build that you can, uh, you know, feel real upside with and feel real potential in. I think that's something that matters too. And, you know, I know the wide receiver data, again, there are enough things to support running backs having similar amounts of spike weeks, uh, all of that. But um, I think that just accounts for a lot of market changes that are not necessarily in, in that same spot. And also for the record, never take Saquon at 10. There are so many people that have even gotten him and he'd still maybe in some rooms, getting him in the late twenties, getting him, you know, like much cheaper than that. I think in the best ball mania, especially that does have this longitudinal period of drafting, uh, picking up Saquon here at the 10 spot just feels like an unwise move. A guy that was basically as mid as could be in terms of the advanced analytics, just got a lot of volume. Uh, sometimes that volume goes away. Jeremy, hoping you can make it in the next one. Hopefully you will too. Again, we will do two drafts here today. And uh, coming up in about 10 minutes, I'll give out my, my special little content announcement here for Splash Play. Not the, perhaps not the big full announcement that might be coming next week with uh, some stuff with Splash Play being, uh, you know, being changing some things around here. Nothing too scary, but hopefully positive things for us. But you have a big announcement here about our content workload uh, on this channel coming out in August. So, but I'm going to let that build and let the audience hit a little bit more. And then I'm going to go, wham, here's an announcement. I also tweeted about it, but great day today. Anthony Richardson working with the first team for the Colts, as as was always the thing that Shane Steichen has said, that he was going to get a chance to get those reps. Uh, but fucking Anthony Richardson falling so much in drafts, falling. <laughs> I saw him go in the one late 120s uh, the other day and was like, God damn it, this is not great for my closing line value. But hopefully him starting and being good in the preseason will be the thing that drives him back up. All right, we are on the clock here. Um I don't trust double Ryan not costing me DK Metcalf here. So I am going to take Metcalf ahead of T Higgins. Um, he might take Derrick Henry, which would be a little of an okay ADP value at this point, but nobody's screaming out his value. Um, and to me, like I, I like Higgins. I think he's a great player. I think he's certainly interesting athletic article this week, pointing out the EPA numbers with him and Jamar chase, Jamar chase, a guy that benefits a lot more from having T Higgins on the field than the inverse for Higgins. Um, definitely something that I'm mindful of uh, with T Higgins, but I guess I could have built Bengals and Seahawks. And I guess I still can because Higgins is here. Because um, Burrow's going to slide because of the calf issue. And if it's not an Achilles tear, I'm not worried about him having a calf strain in July. I'm going to take T Higgins here. So we'll do a Cincinnati Seattle build. All right. I don't hate math. I hate groupthink. Um, I mean, that's fair. I think people can tell you, and I've actually been really pleased to see some of the comments. Our, our guy, White Lancer, gave a, a nice one to one of the Splash Play shows earlier in the week with me and Pete, which I think is worth checking out. Uh, if you want to go check out that one on the channel, we have the playlist down below of me and uh, me and Pete head-to-head, -head, Pete versus Spags drafts. Um, but somebody had said, like, you know, that they appreciated White Lancer. Again, I'll give him the comment or the laurels here because he's one of my favorite commenters on our channel. Um, said that like he appreciated me doing player takes and that it kind of pushes back against Pete in a way that sometimes the other streams that he doesn't, that he does with other people aren't quite doing the same thing. 
And that's me is that I have like, you know, I use the data. Again, I, I will cite Football Outsiders, at least for another week. I'll cite <laughs> Sports Info Solutions. Um, great data on there as well that I swear by. But having data, giving you a perspective on these players, and then still drafting structurally, like still trying to draft teams within, you know, the double stack QBs at least, um, week 17 correlation, all that kind of stuff, not reaching too much at ADP values unless it's for a combi uh, combination that other people can't get. Um, those are the things that I try to do with everything. And then if you combine that with some of the advanced analytics, I'm hoping it's going to give me a really unique and, and strong portfolio because I didn't lean into that stuff as much last year. I leaned into just straight ZRB builds, so structural drafting around that. Um, and this year I'm doing a little bit of everything and hopefully that will, hopefully that will yield good results. Cause I, I feel good about my draft portfolio this year, just the drafts I'm putting out, especially this time of year. Um, and these August rooms in July, oh, you know, August coming up here, but end of July rooms, softest rooms you're going to find. Um, it was somebody commented about how, how unlucky like Pete and I are to have so many drafts on stream. And, and I don't mind it cause it's kind of a different thing to drafting off stream. Uh, but for me, like I have enough drafts at 10 PM on a Friday night or, you know, uh, any night really where it's just the quality of drafter comes down a little bit more. Um, I would certainly advocate that for people, but that said, if you're drafting on stream, like these are usually fairly clean drafts. Like we get sniped here. Sometimes again, you saw me tilt last week over getting sniped on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, guys like double, uh, double K I Kawaiian double, double Kai in here. Um, taking two elite QBs that doesn't normally happen. That doesn't help people out too much, but on stream drafts where we have a lot of badges, like it is at least clean for the most part, not a lot of sniping people going after their own stacks and not interfering. So less of a lawless land than those, those 10 PM drafts on underdog or DraftKings, and DraftKings even fucking more. So where oof, unstacked Joe Burrow, unstacked everybody all the time. GM, GM to all of you guys here. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me here on Splash Play. I appreciate that a bunch. It's honestly a, been a joy for me to do these streams, whether it be with Pete, of course, one of my pals. Always enjoy tearing things up with him. But um, just solo on here hanging with you guys has been a lot of fun for me as we've been going through a lot of different annoyances with my day job at Football Outsiders. So really do genuinely appreciate you guys hanging out with me here today. Um, and every day, every day you're willing to. Hopefully more days. Teaser coming up here because I am waiting until that 15-minute mark. I'm doing some old school radio here where I'm not going to give out our special announcement here about the channel until 15 minutes in. I'm sure you'll take down the $3 million and you could say, I told you so. Thank you, Chris. I love to see support from fellow Chris's. That's the thing. Everybody wants women to support women. Yeah, that's great. Go Barbie, all that, whatever. Killing at the box office in a way that Chris's are not right now. Uh, that said, though, I guess Chris Nolan did pretty well with Oppenheimer. Um, right, this guy is a maniac. But I don't think he's enough of a maniac to take Joe Burrow. Is Kenneth Walker an important part of a Seattle stack? Is Pittsburgh an important part? With Deontay Johnson, not enough to reach that much, I don't think. Uh, all right, let's just take... Let's take Burrow. Let's not time out and get Najee. That would be the worst possible outcome out of all of that. Um, but I just don't trust this guy. After he took Hurts and Allen... I don't know that he wouldn't take Burrow just in some sort of weird, not collusion, I don't think. He's a red badge, but some sort of approach. I don't think that he's enough of the maniacs who've taken Burrow. Let's play it safe, though, because I don't think he's going to take Kenneth Walker either. Oh, Tyler's got to run to his haircut right before the pick, Tyler. Jesus. He did take Kenneth Walker. Okay. So I guess we are going to say that Kenneth Walker, not a huge part of a Seattle stack. And I think that's fair. I still love, you know, love Charbonnet enough. <sighs> All right. What do you think, chat? Deontay Johnson or do we take Najee Harris at a bit of a faller here? He, this is actually a pretty big fall for Najee. 
and he would be an okay bring back here for our Seattle. Oh God. Oh, I'm going to take Najee. Oh, Oh, I hate it. Oh, Najee. Najee's given quotes about the running back flight and all that too. And it's like, Najee, you are the one, you are the reason why there's a running back flight. You guys like you who roll into 600 touches. And I get why, honestly, like Najee, I do think objectively sucks. There's no advanced metric that looks good for him. Um, Jalen Warren looks better doing the exact same things on the exact same team. That said, like, you know, he also does kind of suck, but he got, you know, like 700 touches in his first few years. Um, I think 680 is the number, but somebody can correct me on that if you want. Um, definitely over 600 touches for Najee. Like, he deserves to be upset, but also he sucks. So he's kind of getting it on both sides of the running back debate. Sorry, Felix. Uh, Felix, of course, our, our former DK Millie Maker winner who does a great job on his uh, Best Ball Nation streams as well. Loves Najee, and uh, I do not feel the same way. But look, you got to take your guys. As I always say here in July, August, June, May, like all of this time period, we've been doing these streams since basically the Super Bowl. Uh, we're looking forward for the season. Your takes are as right as mine. So anybody's out there, obviously Felix with a million dollars to show for it, his takes are going to be even more valid. Uh, but for anybody out there, like you see, hear me say something like, okay, we both could be right. I think I'm certainly leaning with uh, the stuff that I believe and rely on. Um, but yeah, JSN going, <sighs> JSN going at 56. Knew he wasn't going to come back to 71. This is tough. It's going to be a Seattle stack with Metcalf, Charbonnet, and hopefully Gino. But now there's a lot of competition for Seattle guys. But the good news again is I got Najee Harris at a discount that everybody gets. <laughs> Najee Harris sat. Najee in the fifth makes it feel better. I don't think so. I don't think so. Outside of the Titans, Seattle has a brutal, uh, brutal on the season schedule. Might want to build a second stack based on a better playoff run. FYI, well, I have Cincinnati for that. So I think that seems already fine and in place. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about that stuff, though. I mean, there are certainly some defenses that I think are going to be good again this year. Um, San Francisco was one last year that was already good, but also didn't have a ton of turnovers. The teams that do have you know a lot of success on defense, but it's not because of turnovers, tend to be ones that are stickier year to year. So like the Niners should be good again. The Cowboys should probably be even better um, than they were last year, and they were already a top three defense. The Eagles should be good again. I guess they lost their defensive coordinator, so maybe you knock them down a little bit. Um, those are teams I worry about. Pittsburgh, who blitzes at such a high rate. If anything, like I think they are um, the perfect kind of team you want to go against in Week 17 um, for Seattle. Uh, just being able to go against the blitz. Like if Gino gets gobbled up by the blitz, obviously that's terrible. But you know, blitzing teams open up a lot of opportunities downfield, and Seattle certainly throws it downfield enough that um, it could be an advantage for them. So I, I just wouldn't worry about those kind of uh, those macro defensive matchups too much because you can make a case like I just did the either way, the opposite way. Naz hardly ever sees Najee go 50. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Don't mind shares of Najee. Thank you for everybody trying to make me feel good about Najee here. It just sucks because it's like going to lose out on Lockett, I think most likely. Lost out Deontay Johnson. Um, lost out JSN. And I really would like to get, yeah, there goes Lockett. I would like to get more JSN shares because I really do believe in him too. I, uh, Pete and I discussed DK Metcalf on one of our double header streams on Tuesday and Pete very anti DK Metcalf. I'm very pro DK Metcalf because I think that him having this really stiff target competition and a really great underneath guy in JSN, it's going to maybe cost him some of the volume, but I think it's going to make him more efficient overall with all of his touches. Um, I like DK Metcalf. My preferred Seattle stack would be Metcalf with, um, with JSN and with Charbonnet, I think would be the three that I would go with. And then Gino, obviously capping that off. Um, so that's the one I would go with. So if I'm going to give you guys the answer to the spag stacks, that's what I would have liked to have gotten would be JSN with Metcalf 
and then Gino and Charbonnet. Uh, but we are now out of the the secondary Seattle receiver game here. Um, we can take Pickens though for a little more Pittsburgh, so that feels pretty good. Let's do that. Pickens might have been available at seventy four, but people either hate Pickens and rooms or they love them, and I just don't trust double Kai in here. Uh, not loving Pickens. Let's see. No KC correlation coming up for Cincinnati, so I don't have to do anything with Burrow's side of things yet. Um, where is Kadarius Tony at now? Kadarius Tony down at 83. Might be able to... Well, I mean, it might be a decision point, but I might take Kadarius Tony on the way back. Uh, not here, though. Darren Waller should be on the way up. Lots of glowing reports from training camp about Waller. I think he still comes with kind of the same risk profile. He's getting older, um, very injured. This guy is just double up, doubling up everything. I do not like the way the double Kai in here is drafting. I think this is a triple elite tight end, double elite QB, which doesn't make sense. And I, he might still take Cousins because he's got the double stack for Minnesota. That's a silly team. It's a silly boy team. Um, falling Mike Evans feels okay. Yeah, let's just take stupid Mike Evans. Probably need to up Mike Mike Evans' exposure, even though I am not the biggest believer in the world in him. But still a guy elite downfield. And the one thing people, I think, sleep on a lot with last year, and also with the Week 17 correlation stuff, like Pat Corain, of course, we talk about a lot on here, the uh, Best Mania $3 million winner or multi-million dollar winner for that. Um, you could have beaten his team with a Tom Brady stack if you had Mike Evans. He didn't have Mike Evans in that stack, and it went off because he had the uh, obviously the big day from Eckler, but also had you know Brady stacked up with Godwin and then had DJ Moore coming back, and he had a big day. Uh, but Mike Evans was the one that like nobody had to advance, and you probably didn't have him advancing because of how good Tyreek was in a similar range, and some other guys too in that range, like Higgins. I think was a lot of a lot in my lineups um, along with Tyreek. But that said, you know, like I think sometimes we forget the upside of these guys and the fact that they could have actually been uh, the big winners last year. And Mike Evans is one of those guys. So that's talking me again, talking myself into these picks more so because I've been very light on Mike Evans because I just don't think I don't think the Bucks will matter in week 17 very much. Um, and it does seem like Baker is going to be the starter. Uh, nice camp from Kyle Trask so far. But uh, there was like a thing where uh, the, at the what are the press conferences, Todd Bowles was like, uh, pretending to be a media member. And he asked Baker Mayfield, Hey Baker, who's going to be the starter. I don't know if he did the old timey press man voice. Like I just did, but he did that as like a bit. And it feels like you wouldn't do that as a bit unless Baker was going to be starting. I think, um, I would start Trask, but I think, uh, the way the NFL coaches logic usually goes is you start the vet, you see how he does when he inevitably starts to kind of fail. Then you bring in the rookie and the rookie has a chance to be a hero. I think that's the tactic they're going to take with Baker, which which to me would make Baker probably not a guy you expect to be going in week 17 and probably would be Trask going. And if Trask is bad, then you probably don't have Evans going by week 17. So that's my convoluted logic for why I don't love the Bucs. I wish we all agreed that Mike Evans wasn't a good value. Too many people saying he's a value for me to full fade feels bad. That's exactly, I mean, look, I really believe the most likely thing is that it's Trey Palmer and Rashad White out there. And then I guess uh, they have some other, receiver who Raheem Jarrett's been playing well so far in camp um, and apparently playing some first team reps as well, which is the most important thing you can take away from the camp reports. is like what, who's running with what team and how frequently. Um, but apparently like, you know, they have enough guys there that they probably want to see as young players by the end of the season. And if the bucks aren't in playoff contention, I just don't think you see Evans and Godwin by week 17. Um, and that's my big concern. Cause like, you just don't want those zeros, but you don't want the zeros from guys that you're taking. Cause they could put up 40 points, especially. Hmm. 
Yeah, this guy's. I mean, I don't know. Oh, no, you're not talking about the guy in the one hole, but this is a weird draft from the guy in the one hole. And this is why, too, I got to say, for my stream drafts, I do think I've gotten some different ones than some of the other streams out there because I don't give you guys notice. I just come on. I'm already in the room. Um, so that's if you want to get into a Spags draft room, it's a way to do it. Just hop in like a minute before the stream starts. Um, oh, I haven't done my content announcement. So first of all, let's do the quick pander. Uh, guys, please make sure to like and subscribe down below. Of course, we appreciated a bunch here. Splash play on the march to 3,000 subs. I am now committing myself fully to hitting that goal before the season. And the way that I'm going to commit myself to that goal Five days a week of drafts here on the Splash Play channel starting on Monday. I need to figure out the timing. I think to start, it's going to be at 11.30 a.m. every day. So basically, like, when the Tuesday stream with Pete ends, I'm going to hop on here. When Pete's Monday stream ends, I'm going to be on here. On Wednesday, same thing after his double stream, I'm going to be on here. So I'm trying to time it out so, like, I'm not killing the Bad Bros stream time, not killing Pete's stream time, or more likely killing myself going against Pete's streams. That's it for me. Five days a week through the end of the season. So I'll be doing... We got 41 days left i believe until kickoff so monday through friday you'll get a stream from me every day and it's gonna kill the views overall to be honest because <laughs> i know people don't view me as a daily must see but i think it's really gonna grow on you over the course of august and i've actually got a fun theme that i'm gonna try to figure out how to do for some of the streams as well but we'll hit our spag stacks we're gonna do some more here there we go and a drum roll please yes please thank you for supporting my my grandeur for announcements. Oh, I didn't even party favors, guys. More streams. Because <laughs> I also have so many drafts left. Like I'm probably gonna do some DraftKings drafts. I got to do some more here. Um, but that's that's my big my big news item. My big news drop. All right, so we have a one one five zero here. Does not feel like a spot where we need to take another receiver yet. I am going to lock up Charbonnet just because this guy is enough of a maniac to take two Seattle running backs. And I also think my player will come back to me. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Naz. I appreciate, I know you guys would understand, but like, cause it's, it's just, everybody's fucking streaming all day. <laughs> and I, the only times that I have to stream are when the baby is like not here and at daycare. So that's part of my logic too. And I'm just not a night streamer. I don't think I'd put out good night streams. My night streams are me going like sleepily watching YouTube videos. <laughs> so I don't know, but yes, that is more, more best ball content. Who needs more best ball content? Hopefully you, hopefully you, the person watching this. I also did new thumbnails too. Look how big I am. Look how big. That's a big motherfucker. That's a six one ass host right there. Thank you. Good trigger pull on Charbonnet. I'm not leaving anything to chance at this point. It honestly might be a thing where I'd have to reach for Gino if I were really thinking about it. Um, Gino going to come back to me. I've got a lot of wild cards in this room and I don't pick for a while. I have so much Kadarius Tony. He would be a nice bring back for KC, but I think we can get some different bring backs. I'm going to reach for Gino. I don't like it, but I don't want to get sniped on the stack. So we're done. We're done. We got Seattle. We got Gino here way too fucking early for Gino. Gino could sometimes fall. I mean, it's very possible he could have fallen back to me here. He could have fallen back to me here. He could have fallen probably not back to 143, but I have taken him at 130 before. So that hurts a little bit, but. We have to complete the Seattle stack, and I think I've gotten enough value with Najee and some shit that it works out okay. It's not worth the risk. Though I guess it would have been funny to do a Seattle stack video and then have taken Drew Locke at the end, and not as a bit. <laughs> Just sheerly out of necessity. We have so much invested in Seattle-Pittsburgh, I could not leave this video without Gina. 
Ooh, that's a good idea. I should get a stack complete graphic. I could absolutely do that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I could figure that out with a little, what are you, a little stamp on the screen? Yeah, that would feel good. That would feel good. And then next week too, by the way, another announcement should be coming about Splash Play, um, just in terms of uh, potential changes to our presenting sponsor of the show. Uh, but nothing surprising there. Um, and honestly, I'll be real with you guys. Uh, part of the reason too, I really hope you come along with me to this journey to do more streams and all that is uh, I, you guys have probably seen the articles. There's one on uh, the former Deadspin people site, awful announcing had one when our former editor in chief, uh, Aaron Schatz, gave his notice officially and like left publicly. Uh, but Football Outsiders, tough times. We are behind three months on payroll. I'm losing faith they're going to catch us up. Pete also gets paid uh, for Splash Play per show, and this is me being real. I mean, hopefully he doesn't mind us me talking about our business. Uh, but basically, like, you know, I think Splash Play, if we don't get this figured out by August 1st, Splash, uh, Splash Play is going to be a free agent show again. Um, and we'll hopefully we'll find, you know, either a new home or we'll just go fully independent, and that'll mean a lot of me having to build this into an actual business more than just a, a fun little hobby. So... Um, but it's really shitty. Like I've never been owed more money in my life besides when I sold my old website, Guyism, uh, best known for being the original home of Katie Nolan before she made millions. And I don't even know what she does now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, it's really shitty for me uh, overall. And I try, you know, I have a fun time doing this, so it's not hard for me to put on a brave face, but like very frustrating shit. Um, so that's why too, also trying to push uh, our probably app out that I've been working on for a while. Um, where basically like the easiest, you know, friendliest way to get good bets in will be what that's going to be. That should be coming out in August as well. So August is going to be a big month for me. Um, so I hope you guys will come along for the ride and support. And certainly you'll hear a lot about all that stuff as we go here, because I try to be as threadbare and candid as possible. Thank you, Jeremy. Pump for more stream drafts. Got to be at least half of them. I hope, I hope you are. I hope you are. I hope more people come along for the fun. I hope we get some casuals in. They're going to inevitably say some things. They're going to make my mind hurt, make my ears bleed out, uh, but definitely still going to be a fun time here. I think forcing myself to do drafts every day um, on stream will be good too. Like I, I just like, I don't, I'm, I'm envious. I'm envious of like Pete uh, having that, that touch point every, you know, 10 AM on his channel. Uh, so it'll be good for me to have one too. Uh, my team here, I've not been doing a good job servicing the audio listeners because I'm a little bit amped up this morning. Jamar Chase, uh, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins. This is an order of the draft picks. Joe Burrow, Najee Harris, nice discount there. Pickens, Mike Evans, another nice discount. Charbonnet, Geno Smith, that's where we are. Uh, Gino and Burrow are my two QBs. No conflicting bye weeks, so we're good there. We have five receivers for 10 rounds. That's also good. We're going to have to hammer running back a little bit, though we got Najee, who is theoretically you know, a third-roundish, early fourth-roundish pick. Um, got him at 50, so I think maybe the draft capital bucket might not need to get to six running backs, uh, but we probably still will. Big run at QB here, so I'm glad I took Gino when I did. I don't think that was worth the risk. AR going at 110, though. Love to see that. Keep going up. Keep going up, Anthony Richardson. It's not a not a stream yet to put on your jersey, but um, God, I'm so glad, though, he's getting some first-team reps. <laughs> if he just didn't get first-team reps and, uh, until, I don't know, any point in training camp, I know that was the plan, and they said it out loud, but you got to still sweat your bets, even if you are very confident in your position, and AR is certainly my biggest bet. Um, I run the clock here. KC, I don't really want Jarek McKinnon at this point. I think Damian Harris works. Could take Boyd and get the triple stack. This is a pretty big fall for Boyd. Oh, let's do the triple. 
Tyler Boyd, come on down. Come on down. Need running backs, though. Ne desperately need running backs now. <laughs> Especially because this room has some late-round guys like Derek here went pretty aggressive. He went extreme zero RB, so he's going to need a bunch of running backs. Um, in general, there's guys maybe not using the best running back capital, so they're going to take a lot of running backs. Um, but who could resist Tyler Boyd here? Should do more shorts. I think Pete kills it with the shorts. And most of us have ADHD and left 30 seconds. Yeah, I think of... I think I could. It's just, you know, I don't have a team helping me at it right now. So that's something to think about. But I just like the I like the personal aspect of coming on a stream and just like talking, because um, I think that's also where I'm the best at things. Maybe not. I don't know. I could be misreading my own skill set. Um, one thing I will point out with Damian Harris. So Damian Harris, there was a, an athletic article. And the one thing I'd recommend for anybody, if you're an athletic subscriber, um, if you go on the NFL tab, they have this like live feed of training camp articles thing. And they basically update that feed, uh, that little feed stub article whenever there's more that come in. Um, so that's the way I make sure I'm not missing anything because I'm an obsessive news gatherer person. Apparently, Damian Harris was not locked into the RB2 job coming into training camp. Um, and they actually thought that Naheem Hines could win that role. Uh, so that was something that they had actually said to like the reporter for the athletic, um, something to be mindful of with Damian Harris that maybe we as, as kind of drafters have filed him away as like, yeah, he's the guy to get if James cook doesn't go off and it's like, no, it's James cook. And then it's like, okay, Damian Harris, maybe Latavius Murray, maybe, um, Darrington Evans, maybe, I mean, I don't think it's likely to be that, those guys. Harris will get the first shot, but if Harris gets hurt in camp or something and gets, you know, less opportunity to show what he does on the field. Um, a little more of a risk profile for Damian Harris than it probably seems. Oh, going to Colts training camp next Saturday, hoping for more first team reps for AR as well. It sounds like the crowd loves AR based on what I've seen from some of the clips so far. And whenever he hits a touchdown pass, they're going wild. Um, it's going to be tough for Gardner Minshew, I think, if he's the starter for any you know run out of the season. And it's still a possibility. Like, I think the worst case scenario for AR, as I've talked about a lot of times here, is it gets their week 11 by and then they bring in AR for week 12. Um, but that said, like, you know, Minshew is a likable guy. Obviously, people across the country have loved him for a while, so that's going to help. But if he has one bad game, it's, like, going to be a really tough drumbeat to get an AR. So that's also a positive for AR shares, but bad if you are, uh, you know, trying to, A, fade me. You're trying to do last year, like, Gino and Drew Locke. Like, I think you're going to have a pretty narrow outcome with Gardner Minshew. Only problem is James Cook sucks. I don't agree with that at all. James Cook was very good last year, especially for a rookie. Um, hold on. James Cook, uh, positive EPA per rush, so not great. 0.02 EPA per rush, uh, negative 0.01 EPA per reception. That's also not great, but it is a little bit lower for running backs because of where they're catching those balls. 23% rushing DVOA. Um, I've been doing a little bit of digging recently just to kind of figure out, well, hey, like, you know, football outsider stuff, I'll still use their data if, uh, if I'm working there heading into the season. Um, and I still love Aaron Schatz and the data overall. DVOA, though, I really do think is a lot more team situation dependent, um, like the overall offensive environment. And the reason I started looking into this is uh, one of Matt Harmon's guys at Reception Perception, like I pointed out, like Deontay Johnson sucked in EPA and George Pickens is great in EPA. And it's like, OK, well, the guy had said in response to me saying Deontay Johnson sucked was like, oh, yeah, but the offensive environment wasn't good. And it's like, OK, then why was Pickens a positive EPA player? Why was Warren a positive EPA player? Why was Freermuth a positive EPA player? Um, but DVOA will show like, Hey, if the entire team sucked, like all these guys kind of come down a little bit. Um, so I think that's one thing that stood out for me. And that's probably why cook is a little bit higher in DVOA than he would be in EPA numbers. 
The point being, though, he was also a rookie, so he's going to get better. He still avoided tackles at a pretty good rate. Uh, 21% avoided tackle rate for James Cook. Uh, so I think he's still in a nice spot. And if they're treating him like the RB1, that's probably all that matters. Javante just went 64 in my draft. I mean, he should come up to like the fifth round-ish, I would think. Uh, my Javante bags aren't packed, but I'm at, I think, 15% Javante. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, you know, that's the thing with the injury stuff is that, uh, you know, I took a lot of Kadarius Tony. I'm still going to keep taking Kadarius Tony. I almost took him today, but, um, I think that the public is just so afraid of injuries. And then also it's kind of funny to me, like, and not funny, like Joe Burrow going down. That's scary. So it wouldn't be fun for the NFL if he gets hurt, but everybody, when Joe Burrow gets hurt, it's like, Oh, I can't believe Joe Burrow. Why, why Joe Burrow? If I could give you my calf, I would. And a Kadarius Tony gets hurt. And they're like, fucking loser. Kadarius Tony. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on. Just feels a little bit unfair. Um, all right. We need some running backs here. And you guys know there's nobody I can rely on more in this range than Tyler Algier, I guess. Um, yeah, Tyler Algier it is. Just building out a zero RB room, and he's going to get touches, so I have no issue with that. And there's also a good shot it'll be a goal line back uh, for Atlanta. So Algier, Algier's starting to come up a little bit, which surprises me. Um, but he is coming back up a little bit. Let's see what we're doing. Thanks, OG. I take I no offense taken at all, but I appreciate the kind words. And I'm glad, you know, OG, you think newer around here, at least newer in the chat. So always fun for me to see new names here, actually digging what we're doing. Because um, I'm, you know, look, I, I tried again. I try to come and about my takes earnestly. I look at the numbers whenever I, I've honestly, especially this time of year, really been going back to the numbers going like, am I right about this or do I need to rethink it? Um, all right. So I have four running backs now. This is a good range for the fifth, which is the issue. And I can get a little bit of Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Chicago. If I take Roshan, which I do like pairing those two running backs. I am going to take Roshan here. I have a lot of Kendra, no issue with Kendra, Kendra back off the no uh, non-football injury list. Uh, which is a great news for him. Um, he was supposed to be back at some point in August, getting back earlier, always a positive sign after he hurt his MCL. Um, and I think in the playoffs last year, uh, college football playoffs. So um, no issue with Kendra. It's not why I'm not taking him here. I just like getting the Atlanta Chicago and getting some taste of that game through the running backs. Um, but yeah, so anyway, point being on splash play, you know, if you're new around here, the main thing that you'll realize fast is that, uh, you know, I, we believe in the structural drafting stuff. I believe in that very much, but also I, I think that, you know, having access to great data is an important part of the process too. Um, counting stats are important, but just being able to verify like, Hey, how is this guy in third and tens? Um, I think that really matters a lot for the true upside of players being hit. Um, whereas volume stats like volume can go away fast. Uh, so the guys that are like pure volume guys, I, I always worry about. Anybody doing anything, anything interesting draft wise? What team do I, I feel like Derek Anthony had the most interesting draft approach to start. And this is a build actually that he's doing here that I've done a few times recently where you're getting double week 17 correlations right away with Lamb, Amon Ra, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy. Um, you got more Denver. Do you get any Seattle with his Pittsburgh? No, no Seattle, Pittsburgh. But he really built out Denver Chargers and he really built out, uh, well, he kind of built out Detroit, Dallas a little. Yeah, good team by Derek. Could be a little more matchy-matchy for me, but good team by Derek. 
Just saw the sweet. Anthony Richardson just ripped a deep ball off script to Pierce at seven on sevens for a TD. Unreal arm talent. Hashtag Colts. Guys, if you guys want to feed me these sweets, you might <laughs> this might turn into a sexy stream immediately. If you want to watch a man ejaculating on a best ball stream, feed me some <laughs> hard sweets. Feed me some uh, are there any clips of this because the Colts that do allow uh, some of the teams do not allow practice video. I know the Packers are one where I really want to see some Christian Watson video. Um, and cannot get access to it because they don't allow anybody recording. Um, let's see. Anthony Richardson. Latest. No, I'll go to video. Now, video doesn't sort by date on, on Twitter, a.k.a. X. Um, and I'm looking at a different tab, by the way. So I'm just trying to see if I can find a video before I subject you guys to it. If anybody has a video, drop the link in chat and I will copy paste it in. Uh, yeah. Oh, good. I'm a top tweet talking about Anthony Richardson. I agree. I agree. I should be. I should be the most influential person talking about AR because nobody in the world has spent more time in the world learning about this man and watching video of this man than me in 2023. I would not see in the video anywhere yet, but I think that that clip also just hits. So that makes sense. We'll keep an eye on it. Drop a link in the chat though, if you do see any videos of AR sick throws. That's actually, here's a new splash play promise to you guys. Not only the five days a week of me doing streams coming up here, but also um, if you guys drop a link to a sick AR throw, I'm just going to put it up on the screen. That's <laughs> a training camp one. Not one we've seen a bunch of times. Oompa Loompas, three QBs on screen that I can see. Rogers, Goff, Purdy. It's got Laporta with Goff. And that's, oh, and he's got Garrett Wilson. All right. I don't know why he took Purdy, though. You don't need unstacked Brock Purdy, guys. That's really the big warning I would give. I don't know why in every best ball format, people are like, unstacked Brock Purdy is the skeleton key to solving this. That is the least valuable version of Brock Purdy, is an unstacked Brock Purdy. Good for you, fantasy dog. Fantasy dog, again, man with two things I love in his username, fantasy dogs. And he's got AR and Pierce, and that's the winning combo. The Pittman, by the way, uh, another thing to add to my list of reasons why I am uh, I have two guys who I've been exposed to at over $1,000 worth of drafts so far. That's Christian Watson and uh, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, obviously, I take because of Anthony Richardson, but also Michael Pittman, I mean, also, he's a USC guy, but also, also, uh, Michael Pittman contract year. So this is the year where he makes his bones. This is the year where he can get that, you know, he's probably not going to get Tyreek Justin Jefferson money or anything, but he can get himself a nice little payday coming up. Okay, I wanted Irv to come back to me. That sucks. That sucks a little for me. Um, 2560. Could use one more. I could use one more running back, I think. Definitely one more receiver as well. Let's, let's take Jaden Reed. I think Jaden Reed's ADP is going to come up. So I would like to get ahead of that. Very good camp reports from Jaden Reed, working with the first team, getting compared to Randall Cobb by A.J. Dillon. Um, lots of things that I think are boding well for Jaden Reed, so that's why I'm taking him here. And um, did not get enough KC bringbacks. I should have maybe should have maybe waited at receiver. Now I'm thinking about it. Hmm. There's one KC bringback I think that actually would be kind of fun that I'm thinking about now. But he's not a 15th round pick, so we're going to have to sit on that. 
Any tight ends coming up that... I don't need to take Noah Fant for a minute here. Tough pocket for me. Hmm. You got to start taking tight ends. I'm going to take Juwan Johnson for a little week 17 correlation with Mike Evans. So that gives me my first tight end here. Didn't take Kendra Miller, who would have correlated with Evans theoretically for week 17. Um, but yeah. Juwan Johnson's fine. It's just like, I don't have to take Noah Fant for a few more rounds. Uh, my mystery chiefs chief, maybe one chief, at least a running back. I don't think I have to take for another, at least another round. Justin Ross also on the way up for me. Um, and overall, um, apparently he was the guy that immediately started getting first team reps and the coaches talked about it uh, after Kadarius Tony went down. So he's a guy that should, I think be coming up. to at least draftable range with more certainty now. Uh, but he's not the guy. Uh, I mean, it's the Derek Prince. I think it's pretty obvious <laughs> now that I've said it out loud. But I think you should have some exposure to the Derek Prince and to Justin Ross at the end of drafts if you have um, either KC stacks or you have Cincinnati stacks. Uh, those guys, I think, are getting closer to having the potential to matter in Week 17. Um, if I had to put it as a probability kind of thing, I think there's a higher likelihood Justin Ross could matter for a Week 17 than uh, the Derek Prince may. Uh, but Prince is looking good catching the ball too. So like he theoretically could come for uh, some of McKinnon's role. Pacheco was another undrafted guy who I still, still think is like RB one. Um, but I do think Prince kind of poses a risk to both those guys where he's been playing lights out and um, they clearly have been willing to, uh, to go after these guys and on Prince out on CEH. I think CEH has you know, been in the mix too, but like they're not going to have him next year. Prince is now on an undrafted rookie contract. Um, it kind of feels like something where Prince might be better. And, and they showed last year that they were willing to take a guy who's so, got no draft capital behind him and Pacheco. Pacheco was like a seventh round pick, but like basically no draft capital behind him. And they gave him the ball and said, here, keep, we'll keep giving you the ball, even if it doesn't look great. Um, and then by the end of the year, he was getting more work than everybody else in that backfield. Um, Prince can do that again, but it's, you know, the rest for him is Pacheco. If Pacheco's a world beater, like Prince doesn't get in the field. I don't know about Ross. I like James. I think people, I would go more Ross, I think, than Richie James. There's just enough, enough team talk about Justin Ross and Richie James is like a little too comfortable because he had the upside in fantasy before. Um, I initially thought that Richie James is going to be the guy that benefits the most from Kadarius Tony being hurt because their skill sets match a little bit more. But then I was reading the athletic article again about the Chiefs and what they were, how they got to this decision point with Justin Ross. And it really was like a deliberate thing of like, Justin Ross deserves this. You got to think young guy with draft capital who works out with Mahomes kind of carries more weight than veteran receiver who moves around a lot. Anybody can get there. Like the guy who might matter the most might be Justin Watson because he's the one who's like reliably running with the first team. Um, but yeah, I would err on the side of the younger guys. And I, you know, if I had to rank them, so, I mean, and we're talking just receivers. Obviously, Kelsey is the number one overall. Um, I think it would be, I think it's still Tony number one because I think he was a good shot. He's back by week one. I still believe in the upside there, but I think it's Tony one, MVS two, or not MVS two, excuse me, Sky two. Um, MVS still feels like he could lose his role, but he was okay last year. Another year in the system, always a good thing. I'd put MVS three. Um, 
then Rice, Justin Ross, and then Richie James, which might have just been how ADPs are. And Justin Watson, Justin Watson should probably get drafted, right? Like he doesn't get drafted at all, but he probably should be. Justin Watson, I might put above Richie James, honestly. Um, I'm not the biggest Richie James guy, though. I think the people like him a little too much uh, for what the potential is of him just getting cut. Um, so, and there he is on the board, of course. Is Justin Ross available? Or Justin Ross is still on the board. Uh, Noah Fant is not even on the screen, so I don't need to take him. Fuck it. Let's take Justin Ross. Like we're going to take our two little trendy KC Chiefs here. Maybe didn't need to take Jaden Reed and could have gone a running back instead. This is going to be a very thin tight end room, which sucks. Oh, do I need to just take three tight ends? I want Daenerys Prince. I want a share of Daenerys Prince. I have enough draft capital at running back. Like, what does an Eric Prince add to this team, really? I don't know. I don't think he adds enough. I think I have to go two tight ends. This is just not a... This is not a uh, one uh, two tight end build. Um, who else makes sense for this team? Getting sniped on Irv really fucked me a few rounds back. Um... I'm going to take Musgrave, one of my popular little tight end picks, but a guy who I think has a ceiling and a better floor than people realize just because he is uh, with the first team, getting a lot of downfield targets already, which bodes well because that's how he looked so great last year after the two games he played at Oregon State. Um, but Musgrave will be one of my bailout tight ends, and then we'll take Noah Fant at the end. Noah Fant is hurt, by the way, right now, too, so that's part of why his ADP is dropping. Yeah, Fant working back from injury. Uh, debate on Justin Watson, Watson and sky are getting the same amount of snaps. Um, at least from what I saw, I think Watson actually might've been getting rotated out more, um, because he's with the MVS portion of things. So it's no, it was, it was MVS Watson and sky out there. And I think MVS had more snaps than Watson, but Watson was rotating with Rashi rice and Justin Ross. So Watson's got the most, um, the most fluid role, but he's got more of a role right now than Richie James does. Um, especially like Richie James, I think gets out there. If Sky Moore sucks would be the way that I'd perceive it. So if you hate Sky Moore, um, like I, I, I said this before, but I thought the bet was Richie James. If you're fading the Tony injury, I think it's Richie James. If you're fading the Tony injury and Sky Moore sucking. And I think that is the best way to play Richie James. Like I wouldn't play Richie James with those two guys. Yeah, MVS will definitely have most snaps. I mean, that was what it was last year, right? It was Juju had the most, I think, per game. He ran Juju ran 33 per game. MVS just under 33 per game. Does that make sense? Watson is a nice last round dart throw in the weekly winners. That makes sense. Watson being a weekly winners guy in the first few weeks, I think, is certainly. Not out of the range of outcomes, especially if Tony does miss a little bit of time. Um, I still think there's enough, though, for Tony. Like, I think Tony gets back in by week one. Even if it's like a limited route thing and everybody will be like, oh, he didn't run a bunch of routes. But then he catches a touchdown and it's going to be the same fucking debate as it was this year. But we'll see. Darnell Washington getting drafted by Derek. Love that. 
I think that was the least popular pick that I've that I made on our, our Tuesday doubleheader with Pete. Uh, was people did not like me taking Darnell Washington at the end of the draft, and I was like, I gotta tell you guys, like as long as he's healthy, he's gonna play some snaps. Like he's not gonna be out there as much as Freermuth. Um, but he is a, a blocker and a mauler and a guy who then can turn that blocking and mauling into active routes. So I think he is, you shouldn't take him above mayor. You shouldn't take him above likely. Um, really any of these guys in this range, you probably shouldn't take Darnell Washington above. Uh, but if you have a Pittsburgh stack and this guy does have picket, I have no stick in Washington. Spags, why snipe Musgrave for me? Uh, cause I'm not paying attention to your board <laughs> and I wanted a tight end. Take Tucker Craft. Like, I just don't, like, Musgrave shouldn't be free is also part of the issue to me. Like, Musgrave shouldn't be free. Mayer shouldn't be free. Ferguson shouldn't be free. These guys are all starting tight ends on offenses that are going to throw them the ball uh, a good amount. So, um, there's also apparently Dallas is not happy that Schoenmacher is not available for their camp. Um, so, that's something with... Uh, with Schoenmacher, where he's already a little bit in the doghouse because they thought he was going to push himself to go, and he's not pushing himself to go. Um, something interesting there that I think does support a little more Ferguson. All right, last pick here. Come on down. Fucko Noah Fant. <laughs> the final team, Burrow and Geno at QB, at running back, Najee Harris, Zach Charbonnet, Damian Harris, two Harrises. Who could top that? Tyler Algier, Roshan Johnson, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, George Pickens, Mike Evans, Tyler Boyd, Jaden Reed, and Justin Ross. Probably just needed to take one less receiver, one more running back. At tight end, Juwan Johnson, Luke Musgrave, Noah Fant. Um, everybody kind of correlated with somebody. Could have maybe done a little more to get KC bring backs and um, really would have liked to have gotten Irv. I'm a big believer in Irv. Looks great in camp so far, but that's what it is. All right, let's spin the wheel again, guys. Let's see what I have to draft next. Switching over. I'm also going to enter the draft room in a moment. So if you want to play with me on underdog, use that promo code splash, but I'm going to enter while we spin the wheel and see who draft number two is going to be. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a cheap one. That's always a positive here for a spag stack, uh, but it is not one that is going to be the sexiest. But, you know, again, sometimes I think just getting a late QB, a late stack is a good one. But I'm in the room here. Best Ball Mania for $3 million to first place. The biggest prize pool you're going to find in a best ball tournament. Um, great sites to play on as well. Again, the alerts work. Everything is important there. And I'm going to do some DraftKings drafts on stream, guys. That's going to be part of, I think, this last month of drafts here uh, here on, on the Splashplay channel. But um, much better experience if you are doing it here on Underdog. Uh, that much I can tell you. And we can see all the badge bros out. We got OMG in the one hole. Derek again in the two hole. We got a badge bro in the third spot, Ford spot. Raise it in the five. Uh, the icon here, not a badge, but sometimes drafts like one. Uh, boosted here in the eight. So different. Gonna, gonna be a different draft here. And we'll see what these two guys here at the end of the draft, uh, what they're gonna do. And guys, if you can, please smash the like button here again. Trying to build this channel up desperately. Let me update the banner to reflect the fact that we are drafting Patriots. 
Now I'm going to put up the big old neon flashing gifts. So please subscribe to the channel here. Again, five days a week of streams coming up for me. Drafts every day. Uh, going to try to do them at 11.30 a.m. next week. So please join me on here. But honestly, put on that notification bell. Do all that stuff because it's possible that I just realized that the draft, like there's better windows to stream, better opportunities. I don't know. And I might just do, do some weird times. I don't know. It's all about me playing with the studio space here. That's always the goal. It's hyping up AR. Uh, Hyping up EPA numbers and DVOA numbers, and then uh, you know playing with the studio space. Those are our three priorities. Good thing you don't have to draft New England players until late. That's true, and honestly, pretty good pocket to get Ramondre if I want to do that at twenty nine. Um, I don't view Ramondre as like a must have for uh, a Patriots alpha stack. Obviously, he's the most likely outcome, uh, but one that I think doesn't matter that much. And you know what? We are okay. This is obviously a Tyreek spot. Normally, I have no issue with Tyreek. We're building out a New England stack. Stefan Diggs, come on down. Looking like a beast in training camp so far. Um, I don't think should be in the eighth spot, personally. Um, I think he should be right behind Tyreek. But Diggs, the alpha target earner there, and will be a bring back for week 17 for whatever we do with New England. Um, so I think Diggs was a key part here of what we're going to try to do for the correlation. And then one thing too, that I, I think, I, so it, this is the thing that I, I find it odd that Pete doesn't mention more or doesn't play too more. Um, and I think it's because he doesn't like the early draft capital week 17 stuff. The best correlation between two teams you're going to find is wide receiver one and wide receiver one. So like we now have the wide receiver one for the week 17 game where we're building out as our primary stack or as, you know, as one of our stacks here. So, I think Diggs is a guy that for New England stack, like going to be as valuable as anybody because he's the guy that's the bring back for everything that you're setting up here on the New England side. So, um, and I also think in general, like prioritizing Allen and Judy combos, prioritizing, you know, Williams might be the wide receiver one there, but Williams and Judy combos. I think those are smart things to do. And I do think that's the one thing that I, I wish Pete prioritized more um, with how he built his teams. What's going on? What is <laughs> James? I don't know if he, James is saying that uh, Chris deserved his timeout in a draft because he was harsh to him. <laughs> I don't, I didn't see anybody being harsh, but uh, if they were harsh, I'm sure it was unintentional. But positive vibes only, guys, if, if we can. Unless it's me, unless somebody does anything to me on a stream, then I'm going to bring real angry vibes, but all in the name of, of good fun and catharsis from not doing therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have to be kind. Shout out to Robert here, new member here. Of course, you can join the Splash Play channel, hitting the join button down below. If you do join, you get not only a special badge, not only custom emojis, which I think I can add more to now, now that our numbers are starting to come up a little bit. Uh, but you also get me reviewing your teams. 10 a month is what I'll review. And honestly, if you send me a few more, as long as you separate them out, um, not all in one batch, I'm happy to review a bunch of your teams. But we'll give you like real feedback about what I think I would do differently, what I think you could do differently or should try. Uh, so I think it's a helpful thing for you guys if you want to try that out. All right. 20 spot here. We got digs. I'm not going to reach for Ramondre. I am going to take a not discount on Chris Olave. Digs and Olave as a start in our Patriots stack. Thought for sure Cook was signing with the Jets after the Rodgers redid his deal. Uh, it looks like New England is in the mix again. He's visiting there now. 
so I thought that too with Rogers. Um, I know the guy, our guy crack rock, who's more of a ship chasing guy, but I, but I follow him. And I think he sometimes says interesting things. Uh, he was saying that the jets have concern about his legal issues and health and that like, they don't want to sign him. Um, I think the, the Patriots are live to sign him though. Um, what the report for them was, which came from their beat guys and people have shit on the Patriots beat guys. So I'm not sure. Um, how accurate sometimes the reporting is, but they had said that basically if they, they're going to give Pierre strong and Kevin Harris a shot. And if those guys aren't going to be good enough, then they're going to bring in a Fournette or I guess a Dalvin cook would be the guy they would bring in instead. Um, but I think they're going to give those guys a shot. So I wouldn't expect them to pounce on cook. I think they're probably like the jets are probably meeting with them. They're going to see how things go with Brees and going with Carter, um, and Zonovan Knight, and then see what Izzy does behind them. Um, but I think that's how both teams are probably going to play it is it won't be an eminent thing. It's like, let's get him in now. Let's meet him. Let's see how it develops over the next few weeks. Yeah. Like it is, a, it is a tough name to say our guy crack rock. <laughs> Though I don't, is his name, somebody out there is going to know more than me. Is his name actually crack related? I don't really know that. Uh, all right. So we got two interesting picks here. We got Ramondre. And we have Josh Allen for our New England stack, which would be a pretty fun way to build out New England. But I think if we're going to go at the heart of what New England is, and we're going to take it at face value, I think we take Ramondre right here. He fell enough. If he had been taken, I would have easily gone Josh Allen and had no issue with it. But I think this is a spot to take Ramondre. And we're doing the New England thing. We're taking what is on paper the best part of New England. I just loved Ramondre so much more when I had 20% of him last year, taking him in the 100s. Um, that's the kind of play I want to make on Ramondre. I don't think Ramondre was good enough to justify him holding the same role again this year. Um, I'll, let's look up Ramondre's numbers. And again, I'll look up the numbers. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I've, I've done this before. So negative 21% receiving DVOA for Ramondre. So that's, you know, receiving environment. A negative 1% rushing DVOA. So basically, you know, average there. Negative 0.1 EPA per target. Not great. Negative 0.05 EPA per rush. Not great, but not awful. 19% uh, avoided tackle rate. Not great, not awful. Um, this is my concern with Ramondre is he's not great. He's not awful. And is that enough to keep Bill Belichick with his little tinkering hands away from seeing Pierre strong, have a sick run or Kevin Harris, have a sick run or, or Ty Montgomery be better in the past game. Like I don't think it's enough to keep those guys at bay. That said, if you are drafting a new England team right now, and you're trying to stack the best parts of the Patriots, you take Ramondre. I think that's the move, but I just think he is a, He's more of a volume guy, and we got good with him last year because he got that volume at like a 110 or a 90 to 110, let's say, uh, pick breadth uh, when he was getting drafted. Uh, this year, he's getting drafted in the second and third round. That I don't love. I don't love that for a mantra, and I don't think he was a beast that was such an outlier here that it's going to get a lot better. But that's my take. Spags, if no prompt, do you take Allen there? Yes. Yes, I would take Allen there. I think the Allen Diggs pairing is one that I actually personally need to ha uh, hammer a little bit more here. Um, I thought there was maybe a faint chance that Allen could have fallen all the way back in this room where we have so many badges. You don't take elite QBs quite as much. Um, so that was part of it too. But yeah, I think normally you take Josh Allen at 29 here. If you have Diggs. I mean, I would take Allen anywhere. Like if I took Diggs five through 10, I probably would try to take Allen 29 through 34. Drew Davenport said that Cook's civil case won't be heard until 2024. Extremely unlikely the NFL will consider a suspension until civil case is done. I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's... I'm not worried about the legal part. I'm worried about Dalvin Cook being washed up. 
Um, cause he has bad numbers. Like Ramondre, we talked about here. Like, yeah, I mentioned some negatives. Like th- those are negative numbers relative to EPA and DVOA, but it's not like that negative. It's like you're in the middle range here where it could get better, could get worse. Um, Dalvin cook was just not good. And he had a lot of opportunity. And those, those guys are the ones where you really start to, I think fade in your fantasy portfolio, unless they land in a perfect spot where like the jets pay him 12 mil and Brees hall has suffered a setback. Uh, you know, that's when you could take Dalvin, I guess, but I, I wouldn't normally take the Dalvin types. I learned the hard way from Mike Davis, which is not the same kind of player, but I, that's one to me where it was like, uh, you assume volume for this guy and he was like pretty okay. And it's like, he's a little bit too old and was mostly volume based. And then it just all falls apart. We're on the clock though. Uh, this is a huge fall for Amari Cooper for no particular reason. And I will gobble that up in a heartbeat. Amari Cooper is healthy and he's the unquestioned wide receiver one. And he was great last year and they're going to be better. Amari Cooper should not be at 44. And I'm surprised that these are like raise it sharp. I don't know why he didn't. Okay. This is a, this is a great team. This, <laughs> this team is working out. You do not get Amari at 44 very often. If Lenny goes to New England, who gets the goal line touches? Split the opportunities. Um, what did Ramondre get last year? Ramondre had 1.9 red zone, t- uh, red zone rushes per game. Um, 0.4 red zone targets per game. Uh, inside the five, just 0.1. So he just wasn't. They just weren't there very often, I don't think. I think they probably give goal line to Lenny between the two. I can keep Ramondre for the pass game optionality if you're in the red zone, but I think they would go more Lenny. Not that Lenny can't catch passy. Lenny would be Lenny would be a very bad outcome for New England, I think, if they brought him in. Like, if you're a Ramondre person, you've been drafting Ramondre all offseason, I would feel really bad about them bringing in Lenny. I would feel not great about them bringing in Dalvin, but I think Ramondre can be better than Dalvin. Lenny just does enough of both things well that both guys would be a bad scene for Ramondre, but I think Lenny would be worse. Don't question it. Just take it. Travioli, when you're doing streams like I'm doing here and you get all these sharp guys coming in and people who want to draft with you and they're bringing their A game because they want to be like, you know, they want to look like they're drafting competent teams on a on a stream that some people watch. Um, you don't get values like that very often. But yes, I will gladly take that. All right. So we have Diggs, Olave, Cooper, Ramondre. There's nothing New Englandy coming up for a while. Is there an avalanche coming? Like, is there something here that's going to fuck up this board? I'm going to take Hawkinson. I This is a nice spot for an elite tight end. I don't know what I'm going to get as Green Bay on the way back, but this is more ADP value, honestly, than we usually get on a splash play stream, um, especially one where, like, you guys knew when I was entering the room and you were able to come in. Um, I'm happy with how this draft's working out. Jumping into best ball for the first time this year, longtime fantasy slash dynasty players. Let's see what I can learn. Uh, the main thing, Jeff, would always be that, you know, if I'm going to give people three rules to live by in best ball, trying to stack up your teams, like both your quarterbacks, you want to have at least one receiver with them, ideally one or two. Uh, don't be afraid to bring a running back with that group too, but like don't force that. Early QB plus two receivers is going to be the main thing. Don't reach ADP would be number two. Like please don't go reaching around that much. The market derived price is going to be the best you can use a, as a kind of benchmark for yourself. Reach for one or two guys in a draft if you want, but don't reach with every pick because then you're going to be more likely duplicated by somebody getting those guys' values. 
And then number three would still be the week 17 correlation of it all. So you're stacking your QBs. You're trying to bring back somebody who they're playing in that week 17 game. Um, those would be the three that I would give. If I were giving advice to a friend uh, who was trying to do best ball. Um, I think those were the, the main rails there. Yeah, Dobbs later on, maybe. A.J. Dillon. There's a shot for somebody. And again, I do like Jaden Reed. And I'm going to start kind of forcing him in a little bit more because he didn't grade out as one of my favorite rookie receivers, but he's in a good spot. I think Jordan Love's going to be better than people realize. I know the camp reports haven't been fantastic yet, but what are you going to expect? He threw in a win one day and he's, you know, he's still got to develop. Like he's it's gonna, it's not going to be easy for Jordan Love. Uh, but that said, that that team, I think, got to force feed Christian Watson and going to force feed Jaden Reed. And, um, I, you know, Dobbs is going to be out there and I'm not as big of a Dobbs guy, but I do think that uh, Reed and Watson and Watson in particular, like man, Watson got fed a lot of touchdowns in that red zone uh, series. He did yesterday in training camp. Oh, good people helping people in the chat. Love to see that. Oh, and also for Jeff and anybody else who's new to best ball, go out of your way to read um, Mike Leone's best ball manifesto and establish the run. Uh, probably the best written piece of content. It's going to be a little bit long. It's going to be a little bit daunting, but like, that's the thing I would read. Like, you know, um, there was like books I had read back in the day about like sports betting things that I think were important to read about uh, the bill James book to learn about baseball analytics. I think an important thing I would say for best ball, this is really one of the best praises I can give to, to a guy like Leone. Um, reading that best ball manifesto is like that tier of things for best ball drafting, just knowing what people do and don't do and what you should do, uh, to maximize your advance rates and your chance to make your finals. Um, I think it's the best written thing to kind of sum all that, uh, sum all that up. All right. Is this another fucking Mike Evans draft? I've noticed with JK Dobbins, he's falling. He's fallen in a lot of places, but I do need another receiver at this point. And Mike Evans makes sense with Chris Olave if we are going to say the Tampa Bay is going to be active and, and mattering in week 17. So I am going to take another fucking Mike Evans share here. At ADP. Ugh. Dobbins is a nice faller, but Dobbins, Dobbins is going to be a follower in a lot of rooms until, until he comes back to camp. Um, and I would, for the most part, yeah, buy Dobbins here at 70. That's a great pick. If Dobbins comes down to 80, he is a fantastic pick because uh, he's got to play at some point. He's not really hurt. He's like fake hurt because um, he is holding in. He wants a new contract, and this is his best chance to kind of extort a new contract out of them. And they're playing a little bit of a game of chicken with him with uh, paying Melvin Gordon money. But boy, Melvin Gordon is not going to have the juice of J.K. Dobbins and a, a Todd Monk in offense for Baltimore. So I think Dob Dobbins is going to get figured out at some point soon. What are we going to do? I think I, I mean, I see a move that I would make, but we'll see what happens. No. Okay. I was thinking I would take Addison and do the Minnesota double stack, but now that's gone. All right. <sighs> this is a tough, tough pocket for what I would like to accomplish in this draft. Like nothing, new England, Nothing Baltimore or Buffalo left. Goddard's falling, but I already have an elite tight end. I would like more Waller, too, uh, before he starts to come up. Traylon, not for me right now. I don't think you reach for him here. Fuck. 
Oh, this is this is not this is not ideal. I'm gonna take Traylon. I he's he's gonna keep falling this entire offseason. Um, but I want to get the fifth receiver here. He's the one that's close to ADP. And I just don't think getting Goddard. I love Goddard, but I don't think I need Goddard and Hawkinson build. Um man, that was a that was a gross pocket. I didn't like that. Oh well. I do think for a Patriot stack, though, I should prioritize getting Juju. Um, Juju's ADP has fallen, but Juju is back in full full go in camp. So we'll see when we take him. Um, his ADP right now is at 117. Normally, pre-training camp, you probably could have pushed him, and I could have gotten him here at 125. But we'll see. Let's see how this room handles it, because this has been less of a wide receiver heavy room than we're normally getting on stream. I was kind of like waiting for the avalanche to come and it just has not come. I'm not sure we're talking about new contract. Dude's played like five games in three years. I feel like, the, Oh, we're talking about Dobbins. Yeah, he, I mean, he was hurt one year and he got hurt in the playoffs. So I don't even think that's correct. Uh, Dobbins is, was great last year. Like Dobbins didn't have a ton of touches, but he was one of the best running backs in like every analytic. Um, let's confirm that though. Uh, Robbins, you know, <laughs> Dobbins, excuse me, 29% rushing DVOA 0.05 EPA per rush 0.09 EPA per pass. He's not quite Nick Chubb. Um, the DVOA number actually would, I think be better than Nick Chubb. Uh, Chubb is yeah, Chubb's 19%. Yeah. The Dobbins is a pretty close comp to Nick Chubb. Um, he just doesn't get Nick Chubb's workload. But like in a Munkin offense, they give a lot of running back touches. So Dobbins should be getting a lot more work this year if he's out there and ready to go. Um, I don't know. I, I'll never be the guy who's like, oh, I'm worried about this guy's injury history. And he's, you know, who's under 25 or whatever or in that range. Uh, Dobbins is. Dobbins is 24 years old. I don't know. I hate that people worry so much about injury stuff. Like, I think that's the worst thing you do for your portfolio. Just take guys at face value and assume that they're going to be healthy and you're going to be a lot better off for it uh, for the most part. All right. I mean, we got the falling Amari Cooper. We now get a falling Deshaun. Oh, though we do have James Cook here. Let's take James Cook. Let's take James Cook and see what happens. So we got another week 17 correlation there with James Cook. Of course, the Patriots do play uh, New England in week 17. So that's why I'm prioritizing that there. And uh, we'll see what we get on the way back. So a month ago, you said you can't hold Tony's injury history against him when I said he was an awful pick at ADP. Yeah, I just said the same thing now about <laughs> a different player. You shouldn't do that. It's not a good part of process overall. Um he's going to play at some point in the season. He's not, he's not out the season. And also again, your victory lapping injuries. Where were you with Joe Burrow yesterday? Were you like, oh, I told you about Joe Burrow having those ACL tears in the past. Like you could do this for any player and you could do this anytime that they get hurt. And it's not worth your time to do that. You're better off drafting. Like you are right. And like you are saying that, Hey, Kadarius Tony's going to be healthy this year and have the best year as he possibly can as the first true chiefs wide receiver one. So they traded Tyreek. Like that's what you're playing is for the upside. Um, I don't, I don't like if you want to play differently, you, then you should be more risk averse with like everything. Uh, this guy fucking takes Deshaun. Why? Why did you take Deshaun? 
there's a nice value for Doc JP, but I don't know what Deshaun does for him when he's already got Justin Fields. I was trying to push Deshaun back to 101. Didn't work out. Yes, there we go. Good live example. People weren't drafting Javante. People were completely fading Javante when he's young and these are the guys that recover well and come back. And even if there's a ramp-up period, like he's going to be healthy at some point soon. So um, I just, yeah, that's one of the biggest mistakes that I perceive with how people approach this stuff. Um, all right, 0251. Nobody falling in a way where I'm like dying to get him. You know what? Let's. What if Dalvin Cook signs with New England? <laughs> what if? I don't take many Dalvin Cook shares. I think this was the time to do it. I wanted Deshaun to fall back to me here at 101. Thought that there was a good shot that he would. Also, Randstan going crazy for Gino, reaching for Gino with DK. All right. This is a weird draft, man. Weird draft. Naked to a snipe. I thought these 11 hole and 12 hole guys, like I don't recognize the names, no badge. Definitely seems a little odd. Yeah, unstacked Tua. It's off room. The point is that it's more easily predicted with a dude. No, because they're all injured. That's the point. They're playing in the NFL. They all get hurt a lot. It says that like at a certain point, either levels out or it doesn't. You want to be ahead of it leveling out. If you play like a little bitch, and I'm not trying to single out Posse, <laughs> but if you play like a scared, like scared money, that's a better way to say that in calling you a little bitch. If you play like scared money, you're going to lose money over the course of time. Like that is the one thing that I will say is true of anything you are doing. You want to be willing to zig when people zag. And you're right, Kadarius Tony's ADP was a little bit high where people were maybe not going against him enough to justify leaning in on it. But if you're like, oh, I'm not going to draft him until he hits the ninth round. Now, like, it's just your nickel and diming stuff that doesn't matter. Just get good players in and hope your lineup can survive the absolute war of attrition that is a best ball season. And everybody gets hurt. I made my finalist team with Trey fucking Lance last year. It doesn't matter. It's like you overthink this stuff. And I'm not, and poor Pops here is coming in and wanted a victory laps, a victory lap and injury. Thanks. <laughs> but it's just such a bad way to draft, man. It's just such a bad way to draft. But hey, everybody can have their takes. It's just coming in here and going like, ah, oh, the injured guy got hurt. Like if Sue gets a concussion, it doesn't like it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, he had the history of concussions. You'll still win more money if he doesn't get another concussion. I want to win more money. I don't want to win less money. You play the expected value of anything. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad Carlos supports me. Sometimes you just got to call someone a little bitch. It's just like this, this little like nitty way of, of doing these things. And it's like, mm, I don't like this guy. Like, look, we all don't like guys. I question myself a lot. And why, like, why am I not in on this guy? Like, what is, what's wrong with me that I don't like Deontay Johnson? What am I doing? Am I doing something wrong? And you look at it and you go like, no, I'm right, but like, or I'm right relative to what I'm looking at. But that said, like, okay, I'll take the guy when he comes to me, when it aligns in a pocket I'm comfortable with. So Pops, to his credit, is saying he's willing to take Tony in the spot that he's going to. But it's just, you know, it's just like, a, it's just such a bad process. It's just such a bad process. Don't victory lap injuries and don't, you know, don't be too bummed when they happen to you. Like that's, you got to be level about all this stuff. Um, Juju fell here. Thank God. Juju, I think a core part, if you want a Patriot stack, um, I think just so undervalued as a player as well. Guy who was good in Kansas city last year. 
Uh, certainly not going to be like a fantasy rock star, but he is basically Jacoby Myers and New England's offense. And then, you know, who won somebody uh, $2 million last year, won Pat Green, Jacoby Myers. So uh, no Jacoby Myers. <laughs> Drafting is like sex. If you go in scared, your performance will suffer. That's also true. And that's the thing too, is like, it's all individual drafts. Like, you know, um, you take Kadarius Tony in one draft, even if it was still at the 70 ADP, you don't take him in the next draft. And it's like, great. You've now done two drafts where one covers Kadarius Tony being this magical unicorn. And the other one covers the fact that he might get hurt. Like, that's just how you should do it. I think over the course of an entire portfolio, that's why to me, it's like, okay, if I'm taking, like, I love Devin a chain. I think he's a guy that matters in the beginning of the year, potentially, but will definitely matter by week 17. You know what? He might end up just getting held off by Raheem Mostert and uh, and Jeff Wilson all year long, or they bring in somebody and it fucks up that entire equation. Those things happen. So you know what you do then? You draft 16% A-Chain, you draft 8% Wilson, you draft 8% Mostert. You've now covered all the probabilities here, but you've done it relative to a spectrum of what you think is going to happen. That's how you draft, I think. But you know, that's me. That's me having done this now for a few years in a row and noticing what's worked for my teams and what hasn't. Uh, speaking of Devin A chain on the board, uh, but we can get our green Bay bring back here as well. Dalvin's just not the thing is like Dalvin is not a for sure guy who will be going like in playing this year and mattering a chain will, but I have no Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to take a chain just like a chain too much. Anyway, I'm sure by now Pops has left the chat, but I apologize to Pops. <laughs> but it's like, it's just when people come in with this stuff and it's like, you're coming in a month later to Victory Lab, Kadarius Tony getting hurt and still likely being able to play within the first month of the season, if not the first week. Like, Jesus, man. Like, that's that's not the way to prioritize this whole thing. Make that rant into a short. Uh, yeah, honestly, the best bit I did was last week where I was doing the fucking weird YouTube titles for videos. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, guys, it's funny because if you saw me in real life, I am the opposite of a little bitch. Haha, <laughs> I'm not offended. I'm glad you're taking it in good sport, but I don't like the veiled. I'm a tough guy in real life, <laughs> but I'm sure everybody, everybody on the Internet's tough. And, and ultimately, too, you're, you're not a little bitch, but you can't say anybody's a horrendous pick because the season hasn't happened yet. It's fucking it's July. It's July. Nobody's a horrendous pick. If he fucking, he could play, not play 16 games. He could not play, well, I guess yeah. he has to play the 17th game. He could not play 16 games and he could go out there week 17 and win somebody $3 million. Does that mean that he was a horrendous pick? No, it means that you didn't view this the right way. It's all about your overall construction. You got to get to the finish line, though. The whole thing is against that finish line. And then who's going to win from there? Nobody had Mike Evans. Mike Evans would have won so much money last year. He was a horrendous pick in terms of advance rate, but he was the one that could have literally won you $2 million. So does make him a horrendous pick? I don't know. You're getting to me, Pops. You're not, dra <laughs> You're not drafted right. Nobody's a horrendous pick, though. Like, there are players I hate. Nobody's a horrendous pick. <laughs> I, for one, am a bitch in real life. <laughs> there we go. That's it. Just 
<laughs> I am a little bitch. And I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend the little bitches. <laughs> no, man. It's like, I don't, I don't know. Our, our toughness levels don't matter. But scared money, though, that's the thing. That's the one I will use moving forward. Uh, I will never be scared money. I'm not scared money with any aspect of life, and I will not be with my teams. You fucking son of a bitch. You better come in with a fucking super chat for this one, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher, of course, a known thorn in my side. And AR, he apparently didn't see the alerts that AR is working with the first team and threw a bomb to Alec Pierce that everybody was ooing and awing. So who's right now? I, I might as well, I'm OG Kenobi in a chat says I have a micro penis referring to himself. Not to me. I, <laughs> or he's trying to get me to read it out loud. In which case, funny bit. Um, all right. Kendra Miller. You make sense for this team for a little week 17 correlation with Mike Evans. We did it. Nobody's a horrendous pick in the new splash play model. I guess the motto would have to be me screaming it at the top of my lungs. But yes, nobody's a horrendous pick. I agree. <laughs> I agree with the thing that I said that you're now saying back to me. And honestly, in best ball, like, and I, I, I know people don't want to hear this because I do have player takes. I absolutely have player takes. Nobody's really a horrendous pick anyway, because like ultimately it's all about what you have around those guys. Like you could have the, sh the shittiest player possible and he can be the one guy who gives you 15 points in week 17 when all the guys who carried you there gave you five and 10. And like, and that makes that guy not a horrendous pick for your lineup. So that's why it all comes down to the construction and the structure and the stuff that we were talking about earlier when, when Jeff was asking in the chat, um, like if a guy doesn't play, yes, <laughs> you know what, Chris, you're right. Tim Tebow would be a horrendous pick. That's the guy who's a horrendous pick. A guy who's not in the Tom Brady right now is a horrendous pick. And even then, if he fucking played somehow he'd be, you, and he won you money, you'd be like, what the, how did this happen? Um, but that's still something where like that is a horrendous pick. Yes. Here, no bad teams in basketball or no bad picks in basketball, bad teams. That's absolutely correct. That's the right way to view it. And then trust me, I want to nail every player take. I want to be more right than anybody in the street. That's why I'm tweeting out like my guys were my highest exposed and why I'm dying on the hill of them this year. That said, like, you know, you're better off just acknowledging the fact that like, I think Deontay Johnson sucks. Does that mean Deontay Johnson is going to suck in every situation? Like, no, absolutely not. Derek Carr is going to be my pick here. Um, the issue now that I'm seeing is that we're going to have a double week 11 by uh, but we'll see what we can cobble together here down the home stretch. But we have Derek Carr at QB, Ramondre, James Cook, Dalvin Cook, Devin A. Chain, Kendry Miller at running back, Stefan Diggs, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Traylon Burks, and Juju at receiver and a tight end, CJ Hawkinson. So we're gonna need to cobble together some week 17 correlation here uh, down the home stretch, but mostly done at running back. Uh, definitely think we need a sixth here because of the Dalvin uncertainty. Uh, but yeah, overall, the same works. Undrafted Mac Hollins put up 11, 158, one in week three last year. That's again, another thing, another guy that would have been a horrendous pick over the course of the year. But if he, that point total might've been enough to push you through the playoffs. So is he a horrendous pick? I don't think so. Is Brees a pretty bad pick in round three if Dalvin signs? Rumors he could be signed this weekend. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I don't think that's the most likely thing for it to be a snap signing. 
Um, it would be a bad thing overall for Brees. I would imagine Brees goes closer to Aaron Jones range. Um, if you see Dalvin sign there and then Dalvin probably comes up to Dalvin probably comes up to David Montgomery, Rashad white range, I would think. And then Brees falls to. I think Brees goes ahead of Miles Sanders. So, so Brees probably somewhere in this four or five range. Yeah. Would be my thought. How much fields do I have? Probably not enough to be honest, because I do like fields a lot, but I um, I'm kind of making a bet overall against elite QBs. Um, I have 6% fields overall. So a little bit under the field, which I guess feels about right for how I've been drafting this year. So I like fields. I would like to get more of him. No pun intended, but um, I think the main time I was getting fields is when you can get the fields DJ more around pretty easily um, in round four or five. Uh, but that's not as not happening in every draft I'm in right now. So that's kind of pushing me to less fields. Um, but I think one of the uh, one of the safest bets you could make is that fields will just be a little bit better at passing this year. And if he's just a little bit better, you still have that same rushing ceiling, but you also have a little bit more of a, a touchdown uh, passing touchdown out for him. And I think that's definitely good news for fields. So not a moral objection by, by me not having a lot of fields. It's just the the pick capital. I just think you're better off punting QB a little bit further down this year. Um, the Tua AR range I've talked about a lot, the Deshaun Watson Tua AR. Um, that is my bread and butter ADP range for QBs. All right, on the clock again. Falling Rashid Shahid. I got to start to think about Mac, though. Uh, not yet, but I th people do take Mac kind of, uh, kind of wildly. Let's see, we got a 1561. I'm just going to increase the bet here on New Orleans and take Rashid Shahid. And I think we're done at receiver now with uh, with Diggs, Olave, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Traylon Burks, and then a uh, Juju, and then a pure best ball guy in Rashid Shahid, uh, who I think Rashid Shahid, well, you want to talk about guys who are EPA per target outliers and all of that. Rashid Shahid, I'll, I'll read the numbers out loud and you're going to be like, okay, that's why these numbers are stupid. And I'll go like, hmm. 0.79 EPA per target, which would put him above Waddle, would put him above everybody. Obviously, didn't have a ton of targets, uh, but a 44% receiving DVOA for Rashid Shahid. So uh, that guy, if he's getting snaps this year and he's going to have less targets just because Michael Thomas, if he's healthy, Olave improving all that. Um, Rashid Shahid, though, in terms of advanced analytics, was a fucking monster that you couldn't believe, but it makes sense with how he plays, obviously. He's getting 50 yard bombs. Shout out Christopher for the $20 super chat. This is why out of all my arch nemeses that have ever come into chat, Christopher is my favorite because he butters me up with money in between giving me takes that want to make me <laughs> hang from the rafters. Do the bills feel like bad stacks considering their playoff schedule? No, I don't think they're a bad sack. I think the best thing you can do for yourself always is trying to make bets centered around these teams who are going to be top of the league teams. And I talked about it, but like my outlier teams last year were uh, on DraftKings, Miami and Philadelphia on uh, underdog. My outlier stack was Cincinnati. And it wasn't even that these were like clever stacks. It was that I had some good running backs with those guys. Like I had my Tyler Algiers and my Ramondres in the, the underdog lineup. But I had Cincinnati stacked up pretty well with T. Higgins, with um, with Jefferson as well instead of Chase, and then obviously with Burrow, and I think I had Hayden Hurst in that lineup. I'm forgetting that, but I had like a three man Cincinnati. Um, point being, like you just want to make bets on good teams. So I care a lot less about the playoff schedule and trying to perceive like who's a good defense and who's not. And I would care a lot more about the fact that the Bills are a Super Bowl contender, um, and they're likely going to matter a lot by the time this all this all goes down. Um, okay, Mac Jones. 
Okay, we got a while for Mac Jones on that front. We do have Tyquan Thornton here, but I don't need him. I think let's keep building out New Orleans and get a tight end, our, our second tight end, and take Juwan Johnson. And this still might be a three tight end build for me, actually, but let's play it out and see where it goes. Probably don't need a third tight end um, with TJ Hawkinson. But yeah. Okay. I think, I, I think I'm going to play this out here, but we'll see what the board gives me. Uh, lots of chats. Appreciate all you guys hanging out, by the way. Again, if you're just coming in, uh, feel free to hit the like button. Please subscribe down below. I appreciate it a bunch. Trying to build this channel. Trying to hit 3,000 subs on Splash Play uh, before the season starts. So help us get there. And then we still will get the drunk show with Pete if we hit 3,000 subs. So that is the dream, obviously. But uh, the grind starts. And again, if you missed the announcement earlier in the stream, starting next week, five days a week of Splash Play streams on this channel, I'll be drafting a team in either Best Ball Mania or probably drafting $10 Millie Maker on there. Uh, but that'll be my promise here through the rest of the season, five days a week of streams here on Splash Play, most likely at 1130 a.m. But I'm um, going to at least try that for next week and then we'll see. We'll see what we do. See how the views go. <laughs> Aren't you worried about Jimmy Graham? That's true. I, I didn't think that through. The Jimmy Graham of it all is where, <laughs> is where I really fell apart. Um, yeah, that's a weird one. That is a weird one. Jimmy Graham wasn't good when he was last in the league, and now we're talking two years out of the league. So I get the ceremonial signing and whatever of, of a guy, but you, you just sign him for one day, and then he can retire. You don't have to bring him back for an entire season. Mm -mm. Slightly overweighted on fields, but bringbacks are hard to get. That Week 17 matchup is difficult to bring together. Uh, it's also one of the grosser ones because it's not in Atlanta. Um, I think if it were in Atlanta, I'd feel a little better about it. But, uh, you know, being outside in Chicago doesn't give me the most hope at that time of year. Um, and that is that is one, right? Or Because I think I could look this up recently. Uh, Bears, Falcons. Yeah, it's at the Bears. So, yeah, that's, that's a game where I think that's one that... Um, if you're going to worry about weather, you should worry about weather in Chicago in January. Mm, somebody's asking about the saints. Oh, my higher on saints in general. Good question. I'm going to show my exposures here at the end. Um, as I always do here once a week, uh, I am at 8.7% car. So yes, a little bit above on him. 11% Olave, uh, 13% Michael Thomas. I've just been, Michael Thomas hasn't been falling to me as easily as he did earlier in the draft year. Uh, Juwan 6% Shahid. He had 9%. So yes, I'm above on all the saints. It looks like at least. And Kendra is one of my highest exposed running backs. So yeah, I am a, a saints buy-in guy. Um, one thing that was kind of interesting, uh, Jameis Winston looks real slim and he had a nice little, uh, social media clip talking about how much he like loves Derek Carr and is happy to support him and all that stuff. But Jameis looks like a different guy. Like he looks like he's like skinny and, um, like all positive energy. And it was really weird to see. Not that Jameis has ever been like a negative guy publicly. Um, but Seen came off very likable in the one clip that I saw. Um, all right, at this point, let's not risk any bullshit. Mac Jones. Mac Jones sometimes goes in the 180s. I've seen. I'm happy to get him here at 188. I think people's comfortable uh, comfortability rather with New England overall is going to make him come into a more safely drafted range. I think he should probably be ahead of Sam Howell. Um, I know people are afraid of the Bailey Zappi portion of things, but um, you just got to give New England Patriots players some grace for the fact that they literally had a coaching staff last year on offense that did not ever coach offense. Uh, this year they have Bill O'Brien, lots of positive camp stuff for Mac Jones. So let's go Mac make sure we get him. 
And Gasicki goes here to Doc JP. Oh, unstacked Pickett Stroud for Matt. Boy, weird room here. Again, a lot of sharp drafters, a lot of people that are in the stream chat and who would do a great job drafting all their teams. And then the 11 and 12 holes just went off the fucking deep end. <laughs> it did some weird shit. Did uh, Dak with Pickett and Stroud, uh, did the 12 hole guy. And then this guy did unstacked Tua. Uh, did he have unstacked Kirk too? Yeah, unstacked Tua, unstacked Kirk Cousins, unless we're counting Madison as a cousin stack. And then Jared Goff was nobody from Detroit besides... Oh, you got a Monra. Okay. Weird things, though. And again, that's July and August drafting, guys. The more drafts you put up, especially at weird hours of the day, um, definitely going to get some weird drafters in Best Ball Mania 4. All right. What do we do here? 2572. Man, nobody... I'm, nobody's screaming out to me here. I'm going to get to six, six running backs. So, oh, I, we, I have the two-week 11 buys. <sighs> Take stupid Ryan Tannehill. All right, Ryan Tannehill correlated with Traylon Burks. No bring back on that, but that's just to give me some points in week 11. Ugh. Yeah, so the reason I'm taking a third QB here is that um, a, I feel like I'm pretty okay set at the other positions. I have one more pick, um, that I think is a luxury, but I'm leaning tight end, but might do a running back either way though. Um, I feel like I would just want to have the points here because this is a thin QB room already with Carr and Mac Jones. I don't want to leave a week of points on the table, um, with those guys already being kind of thin. So that's my logic here for, I'm going three QBs. Uh, people pointed out in the last stream I did with Pete, where I think I took, it was Hertz with somebody else who was the same week by. I forget because time flies when you're having fun. Um, like that's one where you probably should be more comfortable doing a two QB build. Um, it was Hertz and Tua. Like those guys were good enough where you lose one week at QB, but those guys were so good that they should make up for that one lost week. Um, with Derek Carr and Mac Jones, I don't think they're good enough to make up for that one lost week. ESPN thinks Mac Jones is going to be the AFC MVP. That would be. He would he would have to be so good, and the Patriots would have to be borderline undefeated. So I don't think I don't think I'd take that one. Oh, good chat. Love the, love the chat bonding together. It's like it's like seeing you setting up people on a date or friends or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, just glad you guys are having fun chatting it up. I remember last year everyone saying bye weeks don't matter. People still say that now. Um, it's personal preference though. I would rather generally have, you know, weeks where I'm getting points than not. You know, that said, like, I can't say this enough. Like, I had Trey Lance on my finalist team last year, and he gave me zeros the entire year. So nothing has proved that more. That said, I had Joe Burrow with him. I would say I think there's no controversial take here. I don't think Derek Carr and Mac Jones were Joe Burrow, so I don't want them to have to carry zeros too much. I'm going to take Jimmy G, but what would you do, Spags? Unstacked Howell or Ritter or Jimmy G with Devontae? I would absolutely take Jimmy. If Devontae hits, Jimmy G has a good chance of making your lineup. And Jimmy G is just a competent pro. So, yes, I I have more Jimmy than the public. Uh, he probably has less than the usual 8% drafted, and I'm at, I think, 10% with Jimmy G, 10 to 12. Um, all right, 10. All right, so three, five, seven, two. This is our last pick. Devontae went, right? Yeah, Devontae now gets drafted reliably. 
I'm going to get a third tight end and take Hunter Henry, who I think is just a nice pick overall. Um, another week 11 by I would have taken Devonte if he had come back at a point that made sense, but he went where did Devonte go. Yeah, Devonte was not anywhere that I would have drafted him because I would have taken him at 197 and he wasn't there. Anyway, Devonte went a little bit too early. Let's control F it. Fucking Christ. I gotta find Devonte Parker. 178 for Devonte Parker. That's a little bit lofty, but point being, I didn't get him naturally, so that's fine. Final team, though, Derek Carr, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill at QB, running back, Ramondre Stevenson, James Cook, Dalvin Cook, potential New England Patriot, Dalvin Cook, Devin A. Chain, Kendry Miller at running back, at receiver, Stefan Diggs, Chris Olave, Amari Cooper at the biggest discount I've ever gotten Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Traylon Burks, Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashid Shahid, tight end, TJ Hawkinson, Jawan Johnson, Hunter Henry. This is the kind of team that I don't think will be duplicated, and I think has enough better and best ball guys. I actually like this team quite a bit, but let's look at my exposures to close us out here. You guys can see where I am at overall. Um, I guess I'll focus on best ball mania. How do I do this? I think I usually focus on best ball mania. All right, 99 teams in, and we'll start that grind of five days a week here of drafting teams uh, starting next week here on the Splash Play channel. QB, of course, my highest exposed, Anthony Richardson, though, down to 25%. So I've been very responsible with my AR. 12% to Sean Watson, 11% Jimmy G. I am putting my money on Jimmy G. Jordan Love at 11%, and uh, CJ Stroud at 11%. And to be clear with Jimmy G, a lot of this comes with Devontae Adams. A lot of this comes with Michael Mayer. But I think Jimmy G is so undervalued as just a vessel QB, the Brock Purdy-style QB. And he was better on the Niners than Brock Purdy was in terms of creating value for that team. So I think he rises with the tide of, uh, of Vegas, and I'm certainly buying in. Uh, running backs, Jalen Warren at 29%, Roshan Johnson at 26%, Kentry 23, Charbonnet 23, Devin Singletary 21. Uh, I think I need to get down Jalen Warren. Honestly, all these guys to me feel like they should be closer to the 16 to 20% range than where I'm at with them. But I think this is good because Warren is still coming up a little bit in ADP. Uh, Roshan, I think, has a little bit of a steam burst left. And this is just kind of a zero RB build. And again, Dobbins still buying in on him, 18%. At receiver, Christian Watson, number one, uh, 31% drafted. Michael Pittman, now number two, 29% drafted. DK Metcalf, number three at 25. Pickens, number four at 20. And Devontae Adams, I've bought the dip and feel good about it. 18% of him as my fifth exposed. And Quentin Johnson and Kadarius Tony, not far behind. Tight end, Michael Mayer, number one still at 18%. Mark Andrews, 15% uh, here in the number two spot. Sam Laporta, number three at 15%. Jelani Woods, number four here at 14%. And Irv Smith, a guy I would have loved to have taken today when I got Burrow. He is at 13%. So that is my exposures, guys. Feel free to tell me about yours down in the comments below. Legitimately do appreciate all you guys hanging out with me. This is a time of a lot of changeover in my life with the... What the fuck happened to the thumbnail? When did... <laughs> Where, where'd the thumbnail go? Why did it stop? Why did it not do that anymore? Hold on. Hold on. Oh, we're back. Okay. Thank God. I couldn't do this <laughs> without the thumbnail behind me. But appreciate all you guys hanging out with me here. Again, next week, five days a week of streams. Going to go live Monday at 1130. And then Tuesday will be right after my stream with Pete ends, I believe. Uh, so just come, subscribe here, hang out with me. Hit the like button down below. Really helps this channel out. Really helps get seen by more people. That's what I appreciate the most of that, hitting that like button. But um, honestly, just a lot of fun here coming out and hanging with you guys. So uh, thanks for hanging out with me here. I'll be back on Monday at 1130. Hope you guys enjoy your weekends. Really try to draft some teams over the weekend too. 
I would go early morning, like 8 a.m. if you can. I know when I had the baby duty, 6 to 8 a.m., you get some really weird, I think, boomer drafts going on on Underdog and DraftKings at that hour. After 10 p.m., another good time to draft, uh, just to hop on and get some weird rooms. Drunk people on Friday and Saturday absolutely is a thing. Um, so try that out if you want to get some different lobbies than what you're seeing here. Uh, but follow me at Chris Spags. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. And, of course, make sure to subscribe and hit the join button if you want to get me to review your teams. Up to 10 teams a month, I'll review and give you, like, really in-depth feedback. Probably more than you want. Uh, so please don't do that. But appreciate all you hanging out with me. Enjoy your weekends, guys. See you again on Monday. Bye. <laughs>